Jesus, you are, you are the greatest gift. You are the greatest gift. It is in you that we live and move and have our being. Our souls find rest in you. We thank you for what you've done for us. We're here to celebrate your coming. A God who came down here to be among his people. What an awesome God we serve. Now at this time, I just want to invite you to just pray within yourself. Pray and ask the Lord to speak to you this morning. And now I ask that you would pray for me. Pray that God would use me to speak to you this morning. Lord, may you be glorified this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Any soccer fans? Here? Sort of? Yeah? Sort of? Soccer is a global, I mean, I think it's probably the most popular sport in the world, globally speaking, right? Soccer, by far. It is a very popular sport. And in Canada, it's great because we could see, especially during a World Cup, how, how much people love soccer, right? During a World Cup, you see the flags on people's cars, People wear the nas- their national team jerseys. I mean, they're proud of their nation, and you see it during a World Cup. You could be going anywhere, restaurant, any public place with, with a TV. During the World Cup, you're going to watch. There's going to be soccer on the TV. It's just, it's a very popular sport. It's a sport that unifies the world. Now, in 2002, it was a great time to be South Korean. Okay, in 2002, because the World Cup in 2002, for the first time ever, it was held in an Asian country, but not just one Asian country, two at the same time. It was held in Korea and Japan. Now, this was huge. This was huge for the Korean people and the Japanese people because there's a history there uh, of war, but we were able to unite uh, through soccer and it was great. It was a great time. Now, I remember thinking, like, I wasn't able to see all the games in, in, in uh, 2002, but I remember thinking, you know, South Korea is not really known for, not sort of, but they're not, like, the best at soccer. I mean, you know, when you compare them to, like, Brazil and other nations, Spain, Italy, and so on. So I thought, oh, they have some tough teams in their division. I don't think they're going to make it. They're not going to make it past the first round. And so I remember thinking that, and then we started watching the games, and it was like, they made it past the first round. They beat Portugal, which was, what? They beat Portugal? And then they beat Poland. They tied the United States, which is a big deal. And they moved on to the next round. And this was tremendous news for Korean people. Yes, they went on to the round of 16. Amazing. And so then they're in the next round, and guess who's their their Facing in the next round, Italy. Okay, now this was impossible. There's no way South Korea could beat Italy. But you know what happened? They beat Italy. Two to one. I, Koreans went crazy. We, we went crazy, literally crazy. 
the news that Korea beat Italy was just the greatest news to ever happen. Koreatown was nuts. You couldn't drive through Koreatown in Toronto. You, you couldn't. Everyone's on the streets, oh, making loud noise, cheering. It's, it's just unreal. They make it to the next round. Uh, quarterfinals. They face Spain. Again, impossible situation. You know what happened? They beat Spain in penalty kicks. We went nuts. I went nuts. I, I mean, I had two flags on my car, both windows, windows up. It was in the summer. I didn't care. I didn't care. I couldn't use my windows. They were up, flags waving. I had the jersey on, and I was heralding the news. South Korea beat Italy and Spain in the World Cup. It was great news. Tremendous news. I had to tell it. I had to share it. It was good news. That's soccer news. Good news in the soccer world. Now, let me take you to ancient Rome and tell you about Roman good news. What good news was like in Rome. The year was 44 BC. Rome had major issues, internal issues. Now, Rome was very successful. As an empire in battle against foreign empires, they were very successful militarily. But within the empire, there was major, major problems. Civil war, factions, just springing up from all over the place. And at that time, in 44 BC, there was a leader by the name of Julius Caesar. He was a military um, uh, warlord. He was also a politician. And uh, he was assassinated in 44 BC, which was uh, just crazy, crazy news. Because some of the leaders within the Roman Empire did not want there to be a single ruler over the entire empire. And so Julius Caesar was assassinated. Well, this caused further strife, further civil war. And the empire was just plagued with military campaigns within the empire. Years of this, years and years and years, and out of the ashes of war and death rose a single ruler by the name of Octavian, and he became the first official emperor of Rome in 27 BC. Octavian took on the name Augustus Caesar. This is the name that we see in Luke chapter 2. He was the one that uh, put out the decree for a census to be taken throughout the world. Caesar Augustus was the official emperor, the one sole emperor of Rome. And when he entered uh, that time as, as the emperor, the nation entered a time of peace. The only thing that they needed to do, though, was to let the people know that Augustus was Caesar, that Augustus was Lord of Rome. They needed to let everyone know. Because if you look at the map of Rome... It was massive. You see, the orange part is Rome in 27 BC. It was absolutely massive. And they didn't have Google in Rome. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have ctvnews.ca, okay? They didn't have print media. I mean, they, they didn't have that. So in order for them to let people know, Caesar's in charge now, they had to send people. People what they had. And so they sent out messengers all throughout the Roman Empire with the good news that Octavian, also known as Augustus, 
was Caesar. He is Lord of the Roman Empire, and there will now be peace. And this was tremendous news for Rome because, again, for many, many years, Rome was plagued with civil war, with factions from different corners of the empire, but all that now changed. Rome had good news. And because of this good news, life was to change for the everyday normal Roman citizen. It changed the way they lived their lives. They didn't have to worry about going out to the market and a military faction rising up and getting killed. They didn't need to worry about that. It changed their lives. Life was not going to be the same anymore. Augustus is Caesar. Augustus is Lord of Rome. And you see, that is the nature of good news. When we hear good news, especially like the news that the Roman Empire spread throughout its empire, it changes things. It changes our lives. Something happened. And because of this thing that has happened, everything changes. And you're given an invitation to respond to this news. You see, there were some who were a friend. They were friends of Augustus. They were supporters of Augustus. And for them, this was great news. They were happy. This is fantastic. But for those who were enemies of Augustus, this was not good news. They needed to either change their stance or run. They needed to beware. News has the potential to change our lives. That is essentially what the pages of the New Testament are. When we open the pages of the New Testament, what we are reading is news. The gospel is news. The word gospel in the Greek language means good news. Something happened. It's a broadcast of something that has happened. And you'll notice that when you start reading the New Testament, you come to the book of Matthew, it doesn't start with once upon a time, right? It doesn't start like that. In fact, it starts with a list of names. And it's like, oh man, for some of us, it's, it's kind of boring, right? There's so many names, right? Because most stories, they start with at least a plot creating incident or something like that. But Matthew decides to use a genealogy, a historical record of Jesus' family, Why does he do that? Because he's placing Jesus within history. Something happened. That's what he's saying to the readers. Something happened. It's news. And it's good news. So good that when you see it, savor it, and respond to it, it changes your life. Changes everything. That is what the gospel is about. It's good news. It changes our lives. It changed the life of the shepherds. The first ones to hear the good news that night when Christ was born. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. That was one of the questions, right? Yeah. Lying in a manger. And suddenly 
there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The gospel is news, good news. But so often, people make the mistake of reading the Gospels primarily as good advice or as a story. Now, notice I said primarily, because there is a time for good advice. We need good advice. We need good counsel. Life isn't easy. We face trials, tribulations, temptations. There is an enemy. There is an enemy. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to try to bring us away from Christ and put our focus on things that really take us away from Christ and will hurt us rather than heal us. So there are strategies that the enemy has that we need to be aware of. And in those instances, we need wise counsel. We need good advice. Strategies are needed to resist the devil. But the gospel... It's not good advice. Suppose there was a foreign army ready to invade our country. I remember what I just saw this thing on uh, uh, Facebook. Actually, it was a, like a, from CTV News, I believe. It was a news um, broadcast on what it would be like if Toronto went through what Aleppo is going through or has gone through, because the two cities are very similar. Uh, were similar. Aleppo is, I mean, it's ruined now, but uh, Aleppo had the same population as Toronto, 2.2, 2.3 million. They're both not the um, capital city of their nations, but uh, a a very, uh, it's a trade hub. You know, people enjoyed coffees out in coffee shops out on the streets. I mean, life was peaceful. Uh, and, and this broadcast was showing what it would be like if Toronto was like that, and it was, it was devastating. Right? Anyways, uh, God forbid that ever happened, but suppose there was an, an enemy that surrounded our nation from the north, from the west, from the east. In a situation like that, we would need good counsel. We would need military advisors. We'd probably look to our allies in the south and be like, what do we do? Okay, in a situation like that, we need good advice. Absolutely. But suppose the invading army was defeated, that the north was secured, the west secured, the east secured, the threat of invasion gone, done. It's done away with. What do we need in a situation like that? We don't need military advisors in a situation like that. We need announcers, messengers, The enemy's defeated. That's good news. The Greek word for messenger is angelos, where we get the word angels. The angels were messengers of good news. And they were saying, this happened. God broke into our world. He broke onto the scene and he did something by which all of our life, all of our existence was to change forever. On earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. The angels were messengers of good news. But sometimes we think they were messengers of good advice. See, advice is you do something, do this. 
news is something happened. You didn't do it. It happened. That's the gospel. See, the religions of the world will say, we will show you what to do in order to be spiritual. Christianity is the only religion that says, God did it. God did it. He came down and did it. And so true spirituality doesn't start as a practice. It starts with a person, and his name is Jesus Christianity begins with a person, not just any person, a God-man, fully God, fully man, who came to rescue humanity from sin, who came to rescue humanity from futility and death, who came to give us abundant life and the promise of eternity with him. Something happened. Now, some might say, well, that's a great story. I remember in university, I... I met some friends. Um, this one girl, she, she had a sister, and they were both atheists. Actually, I'm not sure where the one stands today, um, but uh, her sister was definitely an, an atheist. And so I remember having this conversation with her, and she said, you know, my sister read the Bible, and she said it was the most brilliant work of fiction in all of literature. And I was like, what? I, I had to scratch my head at the- fictional literature? Could anyone really see it as fictional literature? And I had to think about that for a moment. Well, it's not fiction, but the truth found within the pages of the Bible will change the way you view fictional works. Now, I'm sure most of us here have a favorite movie, right? Maybe all of us. Actually, I don't think I could pinpoint one favorite movie. I'm the type, I have genres Mostly action. And within action, there's sub-action genres, right? And uh, I have favorites in each kind, you know. Um, But I'm sure we all have a favorite movie of some kind. Well, Allie's favorite movie, I asked her if I could share this, by the way. She said, okay. Allie's, one of of Allie's favorite movies, I would say, is uh, Pride and Prejudice. Anyone else like Pride and Prejudice? Any men? Just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, I've sat through it once with her, once, okay? It was long and hard, but I did it. The second time she watched it, she was on her own, man. I couldn't do it. I, I I, I just, I couldn't do it. I don't know. Anyway, I asked her, Ali, why do you like this movie so much? Right, why? why? And, and her immediate response was, because of the happy ending. I was like, oh, you know, the plot, which was filled with drama, I mean, a lot of drama. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I can't do it. But anyway, it's filled with a lot of stuff that happens, right? And all that stuff that happens in the movie, it's worth it because of the ending. Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth, they fall in love. Finally, they get together happily ever after, right? <laughs> what? Oh, sorry, I should have said spoiler alert, Tom. Don't worry, the drama will help you. Don't worry, okay? You'll forget. But, uh, right? Imagine if that movie didn't have a happy ending 
And the main character turned out to be just some evil man, tricks, you know, whatever happens, and it's just not happily ever after. We'd look at that movie and be like, oh, man, this terrible movie, right? It's because we love the happily ever after. Why? Because we don't see it that much in real life. Reality here is not always like that. It's not. Reality on earth can seem bleak, dark, cold, sometimes lonely. Sometimes it can seem meaningless. It really can. But when we watch the movies, something stirs within our soul for that happily ever after, for that story. And there's a reason for that. There is a reason for that. Every human heart longs for a fairy tale like life and a happy ending. We desire to experience a love that never fails and never ends. We desire to experience the supernatural. We desire to escape death. This is where my movie likes come in escaping death, being invincible, taking out the enemy. Yeah, right? Anyways, I love that. We love that. Even though we know these stories aren't true, we watch them because for a moment, for a moment, they bring a little bit of satisfaction to our souls, don't they? The deep desire for fulfillment is tickled for a moment for the two hours where we watch a movie. Then we come to the New Testament. We come to the Jesus story. Seems like a fairy tale. Seems like a great story with a great character. Jesus is a person not of this world, but from above, who comes crashing into our world and has amazing abilities. I mean, he walks on water. Dude walks on water. He tells demons to get lost. He heals sick people, raises dead people. He forgives people of their sin and tells them that God loves them. And then he is captured and brutally executed. But it doesn't end there. He triumphantly rises from the dead and brings salvation to many. Sin has been dealt with. Death has been defeated. And just as the song goes, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. And it sounds like a great story. It pulls on all the same heartstrings as the movies, but this is different. It isn't just a story. It's a news report. It actually happened. It happened. And something happens to us when we hear the good news of the gospel. We experience the true fulfillment of all those desires that we seek through the movies. We experience fulfillment in Christ. It's like nothing else in this world. Christ brings everlasting fulfillment and meaning to life. This is the Christmas news story. The story, a true story, of a God who loves us so much that he came down here to defeat the works of the enemy and is with us always to the very end. And there is a happily ever after that is coming. The hope of eternity with Christ. So this Christmas, 
May the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, stun you once again with the powerful message of God's love, his incredible hope, his indescribable joy, and his unfathomable peace. Why don't you pray with me? It's the most wonderful time of the year. And Lord, at this time we are reminded that true hope, indescribable joy, unchanging, unfailing love is possible in you. You are the greatest gift to humanity. We acknowledge that this morning, God. We thank you for all that you've done for us, for the peace that we can experience in your presence when there's storms all around us in life, knowing that you are there. You are Emmanuel, who is God with us. Knowing that brings us tremendous peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, I pray for each one of us here that we would experience that peace from you this Christmas. We love you, Lord. We're here for you, for the glory of your name. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. God bless.